Welcome to Smart as Sexy, the podcast where we discuss self-development, growth, business, spirituality, and becoming a smarter, sexier human. I'm your host, Kelsey Kitchener. And I am Celeste Bay. And today we're going to be talking about spirituality and a few of the governing principles of our lives. Yes. But before we get into all the great things about spirituality, you know the drill. Good news minute. Okay. I'm going to go first. Mine is that I... Got to have dinner at one of my favorite restaurants. It's called Pine and Crane. And it is this Taiwanese spot in Silver Lake. And it is so good. It is literally one of my favorite spots. Um, and I haven't had it probably in like a year just with COVID and everything. And so I got it and like it's It delicious. is really fire. If anyone is local to Los Angeles, it is in Silver Lake. And I highly recommend the Dan Dan noodles and the oh, beef roll. It's, it's just so good. It's so good. So honestly, I sat and I ate my little noodles in my little to-go box. And it was my great, it was my great news. It's minute. also really inexpensive. Oh my God. It was like $7. Because <laughs> like food and when you go out to eat in LA, it can be so pricey, but yeah. it's really inexpensive. And the, the food is so good. So good. Yeah. So that was mine. Okay. What's yours? Well, mine's not necessarily a good news minute, but it is something I just want to share with people because I want other people to go watch this show. I started watching the show called Servant. It's on Apple Plus. No, Apple TV, not okay. Apple Plus. <laughs> I just combined Disney Plus and Apple. <laughs> Anyways, ignore me. It's on Apple TV. It is so good. It's creepy. It's eerie. It's not scary where you're going to okay. have nightmares, but you definitely are like you're on the edge of your seat all the time. I don't want to give too much away, but it's about this couple who hires a nanny for their son and it's the the nanny's weird. The wife has lost her mind. Hmm. The only normal people in the show are the husband and then the wife's brother who is Ron Weasley. Nothing right over your head. Yes, Celeste, you are Ron Harry Potter. Oh, he's a character in Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I haven't seen him. What? Why? I don't know. Like, I haven't. There's like a hundred of them. First of all, I'm flabbergasted. There's so many, and there's there's eight. That's uh, there's so many, and. I, I don't know. I think I was always going to read the books because everyone said they were amazing. Maybe I still intend to. But yeah, I haven't seen it. But I have. You don't intend to. I've seen the first like 25 minutes of, of the first season or not season of the first. <laughs> the first movie. <laughs> the first movie. Okay. I've seen this the first 25 well. minutes like mm-hmm. six times. Like I have tried to watch it so many times. But yeah, I don't know why I never finished it or really even got past like 30 minutes. Okay, so I'm going to lock you in your room. And I'll put like food under the under the door. Okay. And oh, you can, so we're gonna make me like Harry because doesn't he live in a closet or something? He lives in that little yeah. That little he lives room. he lives under the stairs. <laughs> See, I've seen the first twenty minutes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm horrified that you have not seen this, but Servant is really good. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm only on season one right now, but y'all need to watch it because it's so it's so good. Yeah, you guys watch that, and I'll watch Harry Potter. 
right. Yeah, that's that's our that's gonna be your to do on your to do list for this week. All right. Anyways, today's conversation I'm really excited about. It's a conversation that you and I have daily, multiple um, times a day, where we talk about spirituality. It shapes a big portion of our lives it shapes the perspective that we see our lives through for you and i Mm -hmm. so um it's a conversation that i'm excited to have but before we jump into like the principles we live by i kind of just wanted to talk about how we define these words like god and and those things before we just to give us some context before we jump in so how do you so i essentially believe that i have a board of directors okay it's it's god (laughs) the universe my angels sometimes my angels can get a little cray so there's like a checks and balance system that they've got going on up okay there. so you have like branches of government <laughs> yeah because listen, there's a lot of things going on in my life that we can't just be throwing too much of one thing at me that's that's so we got to check each other so for you god angels universe those do they have different roles yeah the, okay oh the overall purpose is so that like i live the best version of my life but sometimes i think that they just they focus on different areas that's how it is in my head i have never ever read anywhere that that's how that's supposed to go but no, that's just it. how it makes sense in my head i'm here for that and how does that tie into like how you were raised like did you create that or it probably comes from the way i was raised i was did not come from a spiritual upbringing whatsoever. Um, I was actually baptized Mormon when I was, I believe, 12, I think. Um, I had gone to church off and on before that. But then when I was 12, I was baptized. And I went to church until I was about 17 um, when I was a junior in high school. And after that, I just, I had a very defining moment that actually happened um, with my brother that I was like, this is just like not for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of judgment that can come with religion sometimes, Mm -hmm. not all the time, but there's within anything, Mm -hmm. spirituality, religion, anything there's can be judgmental people. Yes. So I just found that it wasn't for me. And I was like, I don't really necessarily know. I've always believed in God. I have my own relationship with God, but it definitely does not come from like a religious place. It comes Mm -hmm. from more of a spiritual place. Hence why I'd say he sits on my board of directors. Yeah. No one else is saying that. Yeah. He's your CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I love that. I think that's really cool. It's funny. But you definitely have a different feeling about a little bit. All of these, all of these entities. (laughs) For me, I think that Like when I use the word God, the universe, spirit, source, angels, etc., they're all interchangeable for me. Like to me, they all mean the same thing. Um, And I grew up really spiritually. My parents are very spiritual in different ways from each other, but both spiritual. And so I grew up um, with a lot of like spiritual based principles in my life. Um, But then really once I got older and I turned 18 and I started really becoming curious about religion and about spirituality and all of that um i started just learning by way of different types of faith so i would go to i went to church uh like every week just to experience it and i would go to buddhist meetings weekly and i would go to hindu temples and thai temples and i'd been to jewish temple multiple times um and so i started kind of trying out different types of spirituality Mm -hmm. and i would also infuse like learning about 
the history of spiritual leaders and, and Buddhism and reading books by Buddhist leaders and going to museums or going to Kundalini yoga and kind of seeking out helpful entities when it comes to understanding. And so what that did for me is it basically allowed me to create like my own spirituality, which is just like my little Sally Ferrelli religion <laughs> in my head, um, which is just a like a culmination, I would say, of all different principles that I like. Which I love. I mean, I just said board of directors. So yeah. I feel like at this point, we're just making our own shit up. And yeah. I love it. I love it. It's what works for us. So I'm so here for it. Absolutely. What it, what, like, why was 18 the, like, what made you choose? Was there a moment that made you choose that? Was it, you know, you were kind of out on your own a little bit more yeah. because you'd graduated high school? Or was there, was there a defining moment for you that yeah. made it you, that this was something you were interested in? So there actually was a big one. Um, So it was actually, when I was 18 is when I started experiencing things. But when I was 17, I was in Utah visiting um, my dad and my stepmom. And he gave me this book that really changed my life. It's called E Squared by Pam Grout. And if you know me, you know that I've either given you this book, I have recommended this book, I have made everyone I know read it, I've gifted it a million times. Um, And what it is, is it's kind of, it's experiments on manifesting and it teaches you how to manifest. And so what happened was when I was 17 and I read this book and I did the experiments, I was getting, I got literally like tangible results of like what I manifested and my mind was blown. (laughs) I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was, I read this book. I did what she said. I thought about X, Y, and Z, whatever things. And then they showed up. It was the craziest thing. And so that really piqued my interest. And I was like, oh, we got to figure this one out. The book's amazing. And I think at any age to read this book and to have the things that, like you said, you were getting tangible results. When you see them appear, you're thinking, no yeah shit this is really not happening right now it the book is really incredible it's crazy and i remember that was just like my peak of curiosity but i really have been someone who i'm like i'm so interested in different cultures and different perspectives and things like that so i tried out a lot just to see what worked for me um and ultimately organized religion isn't really for me um And I love it for other people. I think that everyone's religion is great. I'm so, I've never understood how we like judge other people's religions or like their beliefs. It makes no sense to me. Because what works for you works for you and what works for someone else works works for for someone else. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's, uh, to me, I just, I've never understood that when we, um, you know, I feel like the U.S. like as a country is, we're so we're operating under probably a Christianity based faith for the most part. I would say that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, in history and like when we vilify other groups as people or as a nation or anything, I've never, I mean, it's just something that literally makes no sense to me for me, like religion and spirituality, they all go hand in hand. Um, they're just, you know, branded differently in my opinion. (laughs) Religion is just branding. You know, it's because I'm like, when you look at the history, when you look at like evolution and that the people, the first people were looking at the stars and studying astrology and then they would base, they would create stories of the stars and then they would write it on caves. They would draw pictures on caves and then that became the first versions of our religion. These are the stories that end up in the Bible, et cetera. Like when you look at the history of things, it's, it comes back to like kind of this, a similar initial catalyst. So. And this is my opinion, but like the Bible and all that stuff, that is really just kind of open to interpretation because when they say things like, oh, you're, you know, like you're, oh, your body's a temple. 
no one said you don't have to do go get tattoos and right. drink and do all the things you want to do. They just said your body's a temple. Yeah. Why, you don't. My to- temple likes things on the walls. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. open to interpretation, 100%. however you want to see it. So I think I agree with you on the whole religion thing, and uh, and also with some. I've met some spiritual people where because I didn't think exactly the way that they thought, they mm-hmm. thought my way of thinking was wrong. So it's not even just with religion because no, I've it's come not. across different forms or different people who are spiritual that we're a little bit judgmental, judgmental. on my own yeah. thoughts and and beliefs. i think really what we should all just you know move towards is just being a, a nicer less judgmental more loving human <laughs> across any religion i completely um, agree and so yeah when we make enemies out of people based on religious beliefs i i've never understood that at all i feel like it's kind of low vibrational and a waste of time but um anyways let's get back into our personal spirituality so let's start with this uh this let's just start with like the morning like the more our morning routines that we do um because they're they're a little bit spiritually based so do you want to go first and tell us about your morning routine i think that having a morning routine is crucial to how you how you want to live your day. I really do. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at my morning routine. Sometimes I don't do it, which I need to, I need to get better at as far as like being really consistent and not taking days off here and there. Cause it's really just my own me time. But from the second I wake up, I read some form of a spiritual book right now. I am reading infinite potential and I can only do a couple pages here and there. The it is it is very much like you have to interpret what he is saying so it you know first thing mm-hmm. in the morning when my i'm just trying to exercise my brain but then i get into my gratitude list i every morning i write down 10 things i'm grateful for um affirmation and my intention affirmations are just something that like kind of like me being my own little cheerleader Mm -hmm. for the day. So I, you know, will say something that I'm either good at or something I want to focus on that's positive about myself. Mm -hmm. And then intention of what my day is going to look like. A lot of times, a lot of times, especially during this pandemic, has just been like, I'm going to find joy Mm -hmm. because some days are hard. Right. Uh, And then after that, I do at least a 10 minute meditation then after my meditation is my favorite part of my morning routine and I do my dance party, which is where I put in my headphones. I have like a little playlist. I dance around while I wash my face and brush my teeth. And I I literally just dance by myself in my room. Yeah. And it really does shake off negative energy, sleep. Yeah. And it just kind of gets me excited for what the day has right for me. So. I love that. Yeah. The dance party. Yeah. The dance party is the dance party is a good one. I do something super similar. Um, I also have been a little lazy on it lately. I need to get back to it. But, um, first things first, like when I open my eyes immediately, I'm like, thank you. Like that's my initial thought process. Um, it's like my little opening prayer. Um, and then I always do a gratitude list and I do affirmations and intentions. I don't always write them down. Sometimes I say them in my head or I say them to myself, um, as I'm, you know, brushing my teeth or whatever, as I'm laying in bed, but I do try to write them down because I think it's good to get them on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I do things I'm grateful for. Um, affirmation, same thing, compliments to myself. They can, they range from, you know, I am capable or I am, 
worthy or whatever I need myself to hear. It's like a little bit of like self hypnotherapy for me. Um, and then intentions, which same thing I set an intention for the day that ranges also. Um, and then something I used to do a lot was stretch, which was so incredible. Like taking a few minutes in the morning to stretch is amazing. I should make that a priority again. Um, and then same thing, meditation. So I usually would do meditation music at night. And if I was meditating in the morning, I would do like a chant of some sort or mm-hmm. um, something that's a little bit more guided and precise. Um, but yeah, so those that's my morning routine. And I think it's just important because vibrationally, it raises my vibration to where I'm putting out a happier, more peaceful energy that's less rushed and less chaotic uh, when I take the time to do that. So it's really crucial because it sets the tone for the day. Absolutely. And it can kind of change whether or not you do it can almost change the way you see everything throughout the day. Yes. So I've noticed in the past that if I don't start my day off with even even if I don't do all those things, even if I just choose to do like just my gratitude list in my dance party, I have noticed that sometimes I can I can come out of my room and already feel like the weight of the world on my shoulders. Totally. When in actuality, I could have just taken a few extra minutes for myself and changed to be like, wow, everything's so great. I'm going to have the best day. Versus when you come out and you're like, oh, I have 18 million things I have to do. It's so funny because I do the same thing on that scale, like morning routine, but I also do it on a larger scale. Like for example, if I'm busy one day and I'm running behind, Instead of cutting out something unnecessary, I cut out my me time. And if I'm busy one week, like I'm overwhelmed. And for example, I'm going to go like if I have a plan to go take a day for myself and Mm -hmm. kind of go in nature, go to a botanical garden, read a book. If I get behind on work or behind on my relationships, my friendships, I cut out the day for myself to preserve other people. And I think that's a mistake. Um, It's a huge mistake because, and we've talked about this many times, that when you don't take care of yourself, you are not the best version of yourself for anyone else. So they're kind of not really getting the person that they like the best because you didn't take care of you. Yeah. And I do it in the morning. Like I'll skip my morning routine if I'm running behind or I'll skip my day of to myself or or I'll skip that. So that's something that I definitely need to work on because I agree like that is such an important part. And also just running right back to what you said, it shapes your perspective for the day, which is crucial because our perspective on things actually really does dictate our entire life. (laughs) Absolutely. If I, even just for an hour, if I'm having, if I'm seeing everything with like my, instead of rose colored glasses, if I have my shit colored glasses Mm -hmm. on, then the universe doesn't really send me flowers on my doorstep. They send me that a a bird just pooped on my freshly washed car. Like those things that does happen where instead of just Maybe that bird would have still pooped on my car, but I would have been like, oh, that sucks and kept it pushing versus now I'm like, of course this would happen. And right. then you just continue on that negative mindset. It's versus so true. Stopping. Yeah. And that's why like it's and because, you know, reality, I would argue, is not even objective. Reality is so subjective. It's so based on your perspective. Mm-hmm. This is why different people see things differently. Um, and this is why when people argue over the way something happened is generally a waste of time because we all see things based on who we are and if you think about it um you know your brain's your brain that's telling you what's going on isn't actually seeing or hearing anything you know your eyes are inputting sensory information your ears are inputting information and 
then your brain is taking what it knows, like what it's dealt with in the past and like whatever frame of reference it has. And it's like computing that telling you that this is your reality, but we really only see it based on our perspective. So I think it's so crucial if you're starting the morning and you're in a good you know, a good vibe or your vibration is higher. Now you're going to see things as being positive and then you're then going to attract um, better things to you by way of your energy being you're putting out this like positive, you know, cause. <laughs> Agreed. It's actually interesting you say that I just watched a movie called About Time and it's kind of a little bit of a chick flick, but the premise of the movie is that he the main character can travel back in time into different points of his life that he's lived. So at the very end, sorry to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it, but at the very end, his dad is passing away, but he can still go back and visit his dad to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And his dad gives him advice at the end saying, I want you to try something. I want you to try not to be time traveling so often, but before you do that, live a day, live a day just as is, live the day with all of the same, the mundane tasks you have to do with the emotion that ever you feel. And then when you finish the day, see how you feel. Then time travel back to the very beginning of that same day and live that day with the best attitude and do all the, you do the exact same thing. Nothing changes. You buy the same sandwich, everything. But the way his the way he interacts with each thing, he stops and he's like, oh, my gosh, this is a beautiful sky or all those little things. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the second day, his wife leans over and says, how was your day? He goes, it was a great day. And nothing different happened (laughs) than the first day. It was just Mm -hmm. that he changed his perspective on everything. So he had a great day, which I really loved because it was such a simple thing. Like even the way he engaged with the girl who was checking Mm -hmm. him out with his sandwich, he was like, have a wonderful day. She's like, you too. And her interaction with him Mm -hmm. was even different because he was like, thanks so much. And you know, right. Had a a more positive outlook on life. I love that. I think it's so important, especially what you just said, like his interactions, because everything is like such a transfer of energy. Mm -hmm. And so when you're putting that out, you're obviously going to get that back. And you know, we, as people, we all have electromagnetic fields and the earth has one too. And that's why we're all so interconnected. And like, for me, energy is such a real, um, force because that's how things move you know like and you can't create it or destroy it you kind of just transform it and that's like a big principle for me in my life is like whatever I'm gonna put out is what I'm gonna get back um and that's for for me that's like spiritual law and so but you can't receive what you don't actually feel Mm -hmm. you know because we 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 receive what we feel I I believe that and I think we receive what we believe we are worthy of what we are believe what we are deserving of and so you have to change your mindset to be in that like positive higher more optimistic environment to kind of see the fruits of your labor um because the negativity i feel like will just spiral you the other direction i agree fully however easier said than done oh my gosh yeah it is it is (laughs) definitely not like oh my gosh i stretch and do yoga and i have crystals and i'm just happy all the time it is Mm -mm. it is a lot of looking at the deep dark little areas of your soul where you're like "Hmm, i gotta fix some some inner inner workings going oh yeah you have to take so much accountability that's the hardest part like to grow and to become the better person and to fix all the the things you need to fix you have to first figure out 
what those things are. And that means, you know, taking deep accountability and that's really challenging. Um, it's also challenging too, because as, as much as we say like, Oh, this is what we do. And you just have to have a good outlook on life. We all don't start off on the same playing field. So the way someone starts out life can look a lot different than someone else. So it's, going to be a little bit more trying for certain that's people the thing. and, a million I, and it's just having that compassion for the people while they're on that journey yeah to understand we didn't start off at that at the same right at the same starting point. and i think that's such an important part of like spiritual leadership because i see it all the time where people are like just manifest just create and i'm like the thing is if you grow up in a you know if you're in a lower income household or um you know you come from a household that doesn't have a ton of affection or a ton of financial comfort or you just didn't have access to the same opportunities you're not given the same tools you're not just gonna flip a switch and be like I feel great today I'm gonna get myself out of poverty like that's not really how that works I'm not saying we're not all capable we are all capable. everyone is capable yes but people like you said we don't all start off in the same place so I do think that while there is like such a light at the end of the tunnel through spirituality. I don't think it's fair when people are like, mm, well, that's up to you. You could have manifested differently. I'm like, okay, it's not just, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's it's not just like, Oh, I thought about it. Yeah. we yeah. <laughs> and, and then it just came to light. <laughs> right. And that's the biggest thing too. Cause just piggybacking off that, like you can't receive what you subconsciously don't believe you are worthy of. Mm-hmm. So like if you come from a family that maybe is not super affectionate, it might be really hard for you to manifest a very loving relationship. Well, because you don't know what it looks like. You don't know what that looks like. So if you're thinking that you want something that is loving and affectionate, mm-hmm. but you've never actually felt that. In any capacity. Then how do you manifest something like that? Yeah, you may see something on TV, right. but you don't actually know what that feels like. And right. in order to manifest, we are taught that you have to actually visualize the feeling, the sound, mm-hmm. w- what what your surroundings look like. And if you've never been given that, yeah. then how, how, could do, you? How, how could you manifest and it? And even for me, like I, you know, grew up with humble beginnings. So one of the hardest things for me, especially with owning a company was believing that I was worth, you know, investor money or believing that I was worth money. Like I felt like because I grew up and I always had to earn my way and always had to work so much since the time I was 15, I always had a job. And like, it was always like, I never had, I've never seen just a ton of money flowing my direction when I was growing up. Absolutely. So that was a, a really hard thing to change. Yes. And as opposed to someone who maybe is born into wealth or Mm -hmm. you know has a different relationship with money they don't ever have to second guess them they may have their other struggles that they have to face but I know for us that has been something that we definitely have been like am I worthy of this money right because it's not because no one ever told you you weren't worthy of the money it's just that the feeling of like well I've always had to work so hard exactly so then you have to you continue to think Mm -hmm. I have to work so hard for all the money I earn mm-hmm. instead of some people who come from it. They're just, they're like, just like, of well, course, of course I, I can, of course yeah. I can. Have and they, and that's like such the difference in that mindset. So that was a big one for me. And I think a big part of that and what's interesting about kind of everything we just said is that like, you have to believe that you are deserving of it. And you also just, you kind of have to take responsibility for for getting it. Like you have to ask for it from the universe and say, you know, okay, this is what I want. Thank you. But then you have to allow it to come in. So it's like a two parts. It's two steps. It's like one is like, okay, I know I'm worthy of this. 
But if you want something by definition, you don't have it. And so you have to let go of that um, lack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to let go of wanting it. This part's challenging. This is like the law of detachment. It's hard. It is. (laughs) It is. Sometimes I'm like, this is impossible. Who wrote this? Yeah, like it is so hard because you literally have to say like, okay, thank you for this in advance and like Mm -hmm. visualize it. And then you have to walk away, kind of like let go because you have to let it come to you. You have to align with it and then you have to allow it to come in. And that's been the challenging part because I don't know like for me I worry I'm like is it coming (laughs) I want a million dollars yes I don't have it right now but I still want it yeah Yeah. and it's also like it's even just being like okay thank you for this I know it's coming towards me but and you have to you have to believe it like with blind faith but then you also have to completely detach from wanting it it's so it's almost uh, like a paradox um and that's kind of a hard part to nail down but I think that's a that's a big part of it I completely agree and you know what the universe I think about this all the time the universe doesn't care if I ask for a burrito or I ask for a million dollars or I ask for a tv show the universe doesn't care who cares is you is me you believe it's harder to have yes a tv show made about your life than it is for you to have a burrito burrito. we and we and I could pretty much argue like most people would say the same thing and I think that is that limiting belief that we all have to change because the universe doesn't care if you want a six-bedroom house and they don't care if you want Thai food for dinner. It's all the same thing, but we think it's so much easier to go get dinner than it is to go get this house. And so we put our own limiting beliefs on things. And I think that's what makes it take longer. And that's where it comes back to, you know, how we were raised and what beliefs we hold about ourselves. I agree. So that's an important one. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think our life is reaffirmed by the stories that we tell. I think like everything is such a narrative and, how things play out I feel like is really just so much of like what we create and what we decide yeah I think that is something that you and I have been working on a lot is changing the narrative that we tell ourselves whether it be about our personal lives whether it's about business for us you know I'm really working on saying that women are treated differently in business than Mm -hmm. men are even though that might be a fact. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to stop saying that because the more I say it, the more it just reaffirms that it is more difficult. And I don't want it to be more difficult. I Mm -hmm. want it to be just as easy. So I'm going to stop saying it because the more we say something, the more it comes to fruition. So I'm going to just change that and say, no, it's just, I'm just having, might be having a challenging time today. Right. But it's not more difficult. A hundred percent. And I think just uh, in agreeing, like with agreeing to that, I can't speak. Um, you know, we, we can kind of decide what we want to take ownership of. I actually read something that I thought was great. I used to walk around all the time saying, I have anxiety, I have anxiety. And somebody had tweeted and said, say, I'm currently experiencing anxiety. Instead of taking ownership, just exactly what you did. You said, I'm not going to take ownership of this narrative that it's harder for me to be a female business owner. Yes, that is what's been fed to us. And yes, that is potentially true. But if I continue to say it for my own life, then I am literally going to manifest that exact That's all I'm living. It's just more of a difficult life in business because I'm a woman. And what we focus on expands. Yes. So whatever we put our energy into really um, is what's going to manifest for us in real life. Sorry. Um, And then I think the other thing too is like for me, it's so important to have your mental down first because that's like what's going to create your outer reality. Like I have this tattooed on my neck. It says as within, so without. And it really like everything we believe internally is really how like the rest of our world unfolds. Absolutely. So I'm reading Infinite Potential right now and 
in the book, he talks about your inner man and your outer man. Mm -hmm. And he basically created the reality he wanted when he, during his meditations, when he essentially lived his inner man lived the the day or the life that he wanted to live because when your inner man lives it then your outer man will right. follow so it's similar to mm-hmm. that quote that you have to live it internally yes. and then the outer version of yourself will follow yes. and then you will essentially create that re- the reality of a it. million percent and i think if you want a drastic change in your life you you almost have to become a different person because you have to react to things differently you have to think about things differently you have to reprogram your brain i mean i had to reprogram my relationship with money in order to start having it i completely agree i also because everything it was like oh well you have to work hard in mm-hmm. order to receive x y and z you don't have to work hard. You no. may have to w- work in a very um, productive way, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's hard. The, right. the word hard comes from a place of like that it's difficult and it's right. challenging. But instead, let's just change it to we just have to work productively. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we glorify like the struggle. I don't know why we do that. We romanticize this like really high output of work um, for really low input of money for, you know, until we make it. And then that that one in a million story. And, and I don't think that's necessary. I think that's just like limiting beliefs. We're all taught. I think really what it is is just changing your relationship with yourself and then allowing things that you know you want to flow in um and it's not you don't you don't have to struggle for things like you don't have to again you don't struggle to have a burrito for dinner so why do you have to struggle to have something nice i think that's just a story we tell ourselves um but i guess it depends on your beliefs those are just mine yeah no i i definitely see it the same way that you do i do think that you know, energy is not created or destroyed. I think it just kind of like transforms. And so I think that it's really important that we um, remember that like the way, even the things like we say about other people matters. And like, if you're moving in love and like not being judgmental, like all of those things create like your own react, like the reaction that you're going to get back. Absolutely. And the way that we interact with others and the way that we speak to others only really shows how we feel about ourselves. Oh my God. So if I am rude to someone who is making me a smoothie, that's Mm -hmm. just how I feel about myself and the frustration I have in within my own day that has nothing to do with that person. But I think a lot of times we lash out at people because we think, oh, well, this person's taking so long, so I'm frustrated with you. It's like, no, you might need to Mm -hmm. practice more patience. And if you're in a hurry and they're taking a long, they may not be taking a long time, Mm -hmm. but you're in a hurry, so you're frustrated with them, but that's about you. I agree. I actually think that that kind of goes for everything in our life. Like, I don't really think other people, at least for me, have the power to decide how I feel. And so whenever we say things like, you made me feel or you did this to me and you gave me this outcome, that doesn't work for me. I'm not really that person. I feel like I take a lot of responsibility of my own um, you know, feelings. And I do think it's important to have boundaries. I'm not saying that at all. But I think that when we get frustrated with other people or we're triggered by something that other people do, I think it's really important to look at yourself and say, why does this bother me? Because realistically, we only have control over ourselves. And you maybe need to take a little bit more time for yourself if something that some somebody else has going on is like, 
frustrating you, you know, that has nothing to do with you. (laughs) No, absolutely. Because when you, when I'm affected by something that someone else is doing, I have learned recently to stop and be like, why, why is this bugging me? Have I been taught to care so much or Mm -hmm. is there something else internally going on that like I feel kind of triggered by this? And if so, then I need to deal with my own shit. This has nothing to do with that person. You carry on, carry on with your life. And if you're, you know, I know we all joke about having bad relationships and it's like such a common conversation. But realistically, if you are consistently getting the same you were getting treated the same way over and over again, or you were having a bunch of bad relationships. I think you really have to look at yourself and be like, what's the common denominator here? Which is really hard to do because I am, I I've had to do it. Definitely say that over the course of my life, I have allowed certain things to go on in relationships where then I look back and go, this was my fault. Yeah, it, and to be it honest, sucks. it's always our fault. It sucks. Because it sucks to do because you want to blame their person for yeah. treating you so poorly. But realistically, people do not do things that you don't allow. Yeah. If you don't allow something to happen, you they won't away. do it. No, exactly. And so that's the thing. So for me, and I, you know, my parents drilled this into me when I was younger and they were like, you are not a victim of circumstance. Like you create your life. You teach people how to treat you. And so even though I can complain about, you know, emotionally abusive ex-boyfriends or bad work situations, or I could complain about any situation that I've been in. But the truth is that I put myself there. I stayed in it longer than I should have. I allowed the behavior to continue. And the minute that I stopped allowing it and I stopped walking away and took control, guess what? That also stopped happening to me. So realistically, we can go on all day and all day long about other people and what they do and why they're frustrating. But the truth is, you got to look at yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I think when I was in my my teens, I had a pretty toxic relationship and at one point my mom looked at me and she goes stop complaining about this Mm -hmm. because quite frankly this is your fault you're allowing it to happen to you if you did not allow it you would either again walk away or if you laid down certain boundaries this person wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. So my mom said, there is no one else to blame at this point but yourself. I completely and agree. It, at, but at 17, yeah. I was like, oh, oh no, it's true. But but it was it was great advice that she gave me because I thought, okay, and so I need to start taking control of my own life. It's the same thing in work. It's the same thing in, in any dynamic. If you're not happy with something, change it. And if you don't change it, then stop complaining because what you don't change, you choose. Like that's my opinion. If you are keeping it, then you are choosing it. Mm -hmm. And that is just, you can't even argue that. Um, all right. I want to talk about when we're not good, like rituals that we have that bring us back to feeling, um, better. I definitely think that meditation for me is something that when I'm feeling really anxious about something going on in life, or it could just be kind of a crazy chaotic day to take time and stop and like really meditate and think about why I'm feeling this way Mm -hmm. has helped me a ton. The other thing that I do, which sounds so silly, but when I am some, I'm an overthinker. I can overthink something that happened three weeks ago into next year. (laughs) But Something that has helped me a ton is that I imagine there's this little man in Mm -hmm. my brain that's doing all the negative talk. And what I do is I like take him out of my brain and I flick him. (laughs) And it sounds weird. No, it's great. It has helped because I essentially stop Mm -hmm. what I'm doing and I can at least 
kind of control the negative thoughts and right. like the the downward spiral that I'm heading into. It's not easy to do and I don't always catch myself, but I'm really trying right now to stop physically stop what I'm doing and and literally talk myself down from whatever it is because right. realistically all of the crazy thoughts that I'm having mm-hmm. are not real. Yeah. A lot of times, this is just with me personally, my feelings mm-hmm. are not valid. Mm-hmm. They're just my head right. running away with me. That's such a big one because I think it's so important to remember like your thoughts are not you. Like you are not your thoughts. We, our brains run all day long and they that doesn't mean that we have to adopt them the same way they can be negative they can also be positive we choose what we want to believe what we want to accept and for a long time I struggled with knowing whether or not my thoughts were my anxiety or my intuition and it was like this little game I used to play by myself like huh on today's episode of anxiety versus intuition which one is it um and one of the things that just helped me get clarity is I read something that said anxiety is a series of what if and intuition is a moment of knowing and that helped me so much because I started realizing when I'm like what if what if what if what if and you're overthinking and you're worried that is your anxiety it's not real and there's another great quote that says most of my worries never even happened and that's a paraphrase but um that's so true too because if you look back on your life think about how many things you worried about they never happened, you know, for the most part. I mean, like, or I've worried about them so much that I manifested them. Yeah. And that's also not something that's you like want a self-fulfilling prophecy. And even if you did manifest them, like if sometimes we worry so much about things and they happen and they're not even as bad as we thought they were, or we got through them. And sometimes we create those negative outcomes for ourselves, but we, you know, we grow from them and we learn from them. But yeah, I think that's such an important thing is like intuition versus anxiety and being able to calm that like sporadic um, energy. For sure. I think that's something that you have gotten really good at just because I I do know that there have been times where you have felt really anxious and you have struggled with, okay, is this my intuition or is this my anxiety? But even just the other night, you had a moment where like, because you've been working on being much more present and not thinking of the what ifs, Mm -hmm. you had a moment where there was a voice in your head that said something and you were like, this is my intuition. Yes. This is not my anxiety. Right. And it was very clear. And then you were able to take action based off of that. But because you've been working on being mm-hmm. more present and not worrying about all the little what ifs that could happen, yeah. those, that very clear message came message to you. Came, and yeah. it, so it does, it does over time. It does. Right. Work. It's a lot of work, but it does. It does eventually yeah. happen. Something that really helped me because I played that game a lot. And now there's times where I like swear I'm a psychic because I'm like, oh, my God, I knew that was coming. Um, but the the thing that helped me a lot was I made it a goal for myself to stop asking for everyone's opinion on everything. Like, what do I want to eat for lunch today? What color should I paint my nails? Like just all these little different types of things that we ask, especially as women. I feel like we're bred to like not always trust our inner sense of knowing or like our inner voice. We always like look around the room to see oh, what we should be thinking or what our friends agree with. And so I made it a goal and I'm not perfect at it. I still do it a lot, but I made it a goal to stop asking people for the things that I could know within myself and what that did was it really taught me to start trusting my intuition um and you have to just force yourself to i know life is really crazy for so many people right now because there's so many different things going on in the world so what is something for you that you do to kind of just like take a minute take a beat stop and 
take care of yourself? Um, one of my favorite things aside from taking days to myself, like one being in nature is really helpful. I love to go on walks. Um, that helps me a lot. It helps me clear my mind. Um, but if I'm just at home, I do like a late night shower. Um, but it's a very specific shower. So I turn all the lights off and I just use my salt lamp, which technically is not supposed to be used in the bathroom because of the like precipitation or whatever it's called, but I do it anyway. (laughs) Um, I just clean it. Um, but yeah, I put on my salt lamp. I turn all the lights off and I put on meditation music. Um, I usually do angels prayer because it's my favorite, but you can also YouTube meditation music for anything like music for better confidence, music for meditation, music for getting over your ex, like literally anything you type in will come up. Um, and so I play them in the shower and I just get super mindful, super present. Um, and I just take some time to like sit with myself and wind down. And then I do two things. One is I send everybody that I love and care about some good energy. Like I say a little prayer for people in my life and I think about them. I visualize them. I send them some good energy. But then afterwards, I call all my energy back in. So I just say like, okay, now I'm going to call all my energy back into myself. I'm going to fill myself up um, because we give so much of it to everyone else, like the people in our lives and people text us and call us and we're on social media all day and everything is an exchange of energy. I think that's really important, the calling back in the energy Mm -hmm. because i think as people we can give as much love as we have out to everyone but then to call in our energy so then we can save a little bit and love our on ourselves is really important it's i think that is the the biggest thing at the end of the day is for any day really Mm -hmm. is at the very end when you crawl into bed calling back in your energy so then that way you're able to feel full for the next day and keep keep it on your with your whole routine it's such a game changer it makes the biggest difference so i love um i love those showers but um all right y'all we're gonna wrap up we're gonna move on to the sexiest thing this week this is my favorite segment this one's fun what is the sexiest thing to you Sally oh my first this week i would say it's money talk <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> it's every week the sexiest thing for me but i just feel like you and i are always you know, talking about our goals and our, we're launching like five different things this year and we're about to open our seed round and raise money. And I just feel like I'm so focused on what my next play is and everything. So for me, having somebody that is like equally aligned and is like, oh, you know, I'm going to start this side hustle and I want to be doing this and I want to take this trip and I'm putting money in this property and just kind of like just talking about money in that way and like plans and what's going to, what they want to do and you know, just, I don't know. That's what I'm, that's, that's this week. (laughs) All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's yours? Mine this week is people who allow me to feel safe, which is going to be different for every person. Every person's going to feel safe from different actions and different things of other people. So but a million percent. Well, for anybody listening, like what do you have any advice for like what makes you feel safe or what people could do to cultivate a safe space for other people? I think that for me, it's someone who can show up and be really present in a moment, but also very secure with who they are. So it's a, probably a lot of work that they've had to do before even coming into the space with me. Mm-hmm. It's about not being judgmental and I can say how I'm feeling in a mm-hmm. situation, but they're not showing judgment or you know, have some feel some type of way. They may disagree with how I feel about mm-hmm. a certain situation, but they 
educate me on their perspective of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it just allows me to show up as exactly who I am and be vulnerable in a space that I don't not like that with very many people. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to, when you meet totally. people and that isn't just with a romantic relationship. It can be within a friendship, right? Relationships with family members. It's just important when you feel like you can just show up as just as who you yeah. are. So for me, it's, it's those things, yeah. but it may be different for someone else. No, I totally agree. I think like the non-judgmental one is like such a big one. Cause like, if I don't, if you're saying off the jump, like bad things about other people or judging people or whatever, I'm immediately like not going to feel safe in your energy. Of and course. Immediately. I'm like, oh, you're for sure going to say those things about me the minute I turn around. Definitely. <laughs> like, definitely. And you're like, well, I don't know if I want to even hang out with you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's not even just relationship wise. Like anytime I'm around something and somebody, not something, <laughs> and they're judging other people or they're talking, they're gossiping. I'm immediately like, oh, I already know. This is this is anti-safety yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, we have very exciting news. Um, next week, starting on Monday at 9 p.m., we will be on the Tastemakers radio channel on Dash Radio, which means that you can hear every new episode before they come out on Tuesday on all the other platforms. So that's exciting. We're excited to be part of like the little Tastemakers slash Dash Radio family. Yes, that is so exciting. Um, but for anyone who's going to continue listening on any other platform, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. Y'all know the drill. You can find us on social media at Smart Is Sexy by KCH. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.